Well, the queen is dead and officially been put underground, just like the entire nation of Puerto Rico. AOC is going to be pissed when she hears that, Jesse. Also, Lord of the Rings fans and Little Mermaid fans have something in common. They both hate black people. Interesting. Well, you know what uh, don't share anything in common is the American and Canadian education system, because Canada has once again proven that their education system is superior to America's. Now on the Front Row Podcast. Okay, so how are you, Dante? Welcome back to the Front Row Podcast. It's been a three-week hiatus. We are very sorry, you guys. It's been a it's been well, a busy couple of weeks. Yes, um, you tell we them we've back. been we've been following the officially designated mourning period for Queen Elizabeth. You're not supposed to do any podcasts or enjoy yourself. That's right. Uh, while she's dead. So. All you content creators out there should be ashamed of yourselves for trying to profit off of this topic that we are about to talk about. That's right. So. The, she's finally in the ground. They did it today. I watched part of it. Uh, they they lowered her in with like, I don't know, not a crane, but like a, a platform that lowered okay. her under the ground in the church. And it's finally over this nonstop coverage. I think it, we can finally put it in the history books. It's, it's enough, isn't it, Jesse? Yeah, I haven't watched much of it, to be honest. I couldn't, I don't have, I couldn't feign any interest about the queen, to be perfectly honest. I've, I'm not one of those like liberals who wants to like point out how the English, how the English monarchy has like skeletons in their closet. You know, they took the opportunity of the queen's death. A lot of people did, took the opportunity to just completely, uh, dim just dismantle the legacy of the royal family because the queen died. I'm not one of those liberals. I'm not going to make it about that. I just don't really have any interest in it. So I have not paid much attention, but I do want to say I'm going to pour one out for the queen. This is some boochcraft and I'm going to pour one out for her. I just right. pour that out for, for the queen. So <laughs> cheers. So Jesse, you're a good American. You shouldn't care that the queen is dead. You know, we fought a war to get rid of these people and um, although I got to be honest, I did feel a tinge of sadness the day she died. I was watching when the announcement was made because in a way, the death of Queen Elizabeth is kind of the final end of the 20th century because she reigned for 70 years. She was there through the bulk of, you know, the important stuff. So um, to see her go was kind of sad for guys like us who, I mean, who grew up in the tail end of that century. Yeah. And. It's just weird because we've always known Prince Charles as Prince Charles. And now to look at him and say, oh, call him King Charles is very bizarre to me. Um, I've always found him to be one of the more like despicable figures in, in, in you know, like rag mag characters that you'll see people that make magazine covers and stuff. He's just one of those. He just he's gross. He I, I've never been able to I've never understood the Prince Charles thing. So I think that. I'm sad about it because now I actually have to like this guy is going to have tons of stories written about him, uh, you know, where he's he gets to I could call himself king and this like fictional fake sort of like ceremonial role that they are continuing to embrace in England. And it's just it weirds me out. I'm not yeah. into it. Um, yeah, he, he's got to be one of the most frustrated people on Earth. Because imagine having to wait the entire time, your entire life to your 73 or whatever he is, 75, to become king, to get the job that you were born to do. 
and your mother is just holding on and refuses to die or hand it over to you. So don't think that he I saw an article, some some opinion piece trying to say like, oh, King Charles should rule for two years and then hand it over to William to, you know, start the young thing. Like, but there's no way he's going to try to hold on by any means necessary to, to, to screw William over and keep he's been kingdom. waiting his whole life for this moment. Nobody on planet Earth has been wanting their mom to die more than King Charles. <laughs> like, it's just a fact. <laughs> like, nobody. Yeah, politely, but still, he's been waiting for it. Um, as far as what you said earlier about people trying to dismantle the, the monarchy and, and, like, you know, use it as an excuse to talk about all the horrible stuff, it's like, yeah, listen. We know the British are like the colonizers. When you want to talk about colonizers and accuse people of colonizing, like that's the British Empire. They're a tiny island that somehow ruled the world. Like we know saw, they're terrible people. Yeah, I saw one tweet about the uh, about the queen dying, and it was um, you know just a reminder about how, and it was it was some African country they were talking about. Just a reminder about how the uh, the English royal family still has the uh, dismembered, the decapitated head of a former political rival from some African country that they still have. <laughs> they still hold in like some chamber, like cryogenically frozen in England or something that they don't give back. And it's like, OK, I get it. England has done some yeah. horrible things. They pulled some Jamal Khashoggi thing on one of the uh, the African leaders. But I mean, like, do you really think that the queen had this guy beheaded? Maybe. Right. Maybe I mean, she, no, did. She, she She's not MBS. She's not ordering yeah. executions. But let's not make it about that. That's a bit extreme. Let's not make it well, about I, that. Well, I just want to say one thing. I, I'm not mad at anybody in any subjugated country who's trashing the queen after sure. she dies. They I, have more I, reason I, to complain than we do. Yeah. I'll put it that way. I understand completely. I saw Jeff Bezos got all mad at that one professor for tweeting about how she hoped the queen died in excruciated, painful Hold death. Hold on, though. You know uh, the but, story behind that, right? What? That, that's, that Jeff Bezos donated to that university and then that professor was forced to apologize. Uh, was she suspended or? No, no, no. She's, I, I think she's got tenure. She didn't, I don't even think she apologized. She was like, no, I'm not going to apologize and you can't right, fire okay. me. And but it's yeah, all true. Jeff Bezos donated to that school. So that school s took a stand against the teacher. Yeah. I mean, maybe they did, but as far as I know, she's still working there. But yeah, again, I'm my, my they, point is they came like, out and said that they, they denounced her her claims or her, her statement. Yeah. yeah. I just I, I got no problem with what she said. There can be two things can be true. There can be a whole population of British people and you know American housewives who are in love with the Queen and the royal family and think they're great. And there can be all the people who had to deal with their the the British bullshit subjugation of their countries and and uh, murders and colonizing and all that, and they could be pissed. Everyone, yeah. some people could be happy. Some people could be pissed. Some they have a right to be pissed more than we do. We won. We beat them. Like, yeah. what do we have to be mad about? We already we put that in the past, man. Um, yeah. We have a new format here at the Front Row Podcast, so we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. But before we take our first break, uh, Dante, how's the, how have things been going? What have you been up to? What's going on with the Dante Greco show? Well, I, you know, I hate to just not just ignore what you're saying. I did have one other thing I wanted to say about the Queen. <laughs> Can I say that? And then we'll do that. We're going to talk about the queen in the next segment, but sure. Go ahead. Oh, we are. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about Puerto Rico and the Queen. So, oh, okay, I didn't. But no, go ahead. Let's let's go ahead. Well, no, I the one thing I was thinking during all this coverage of people queuing to see the Queen and the driving around, they're just moving a decomposing corpse from location to location. Like in that box is a decomposing ninety-six-year-old corpse. And they're just shuffling it along. They refuse to bury it for 10 days. And like, look, I know I read that they, they've been working on this plan for 20 years on what's going to happen when the queen dies and how everything's going to go. Um, so we don't, you know, we got to let them do it. We got to let them take their two weeks to, to do all the bells and whistles. But isn't it disturbing? It's just a decomposing corpse sitting in there in that box being moved around is there an open casket funeral for the royal family i'm not sure if i'm is that how it works because imagine the pressure of that job of being the guy that works on uh, doing the makeup uh, on the queen oh yeah yeah. tough job for sure and that queen you know just imagine if you believe in reincarnation imagine having to leave that genetic lottery of a life behind you know nothing's gonna top just being born into royalty uh it it's gonna suck wherever she winds up i I don't know i mean don't you kind of think that life sucks a little bit like i know that they have just endless wealth i know that like people worship them i know that they can get whatever they want but their life is essentially a 24 7 photo op that's everything that the royal family does they don't really have true genuine lives to live their life is essentially a photo opportunity every single day it's not a it's not a like let's go on vacation and uh, oh let's let's learn how to you know uh let's learn a new skill let's go to pottery classes they don't do that shit if they do that shit it's there's a camera crew following them you're basically the kardashians it's a bit of a prison but it's a nice prison I just feel bad for like Archie and uh, those kids. Like they're going to grow up to be little pricks. And, but right now I just look at them and the, the life that they grow up in. And I just, that's no I, life for a kid. I feel bad for Archie and, and Lilibet because, you know, they were born into the Royal family and then they were born to the two idiots who left the family. And now they're not going to get uh all the special privileges that would be afforded to them. Mm. Uh, Harry and Megan totally fucked those kids over with really, it was Megan, you know, she wanted to leave and, and uh, yeah, but it, I, I, I would be pissed when I grew I, up as Archie, I would say, what the hell? Like my cousin George is going to be the King and you guys couldn't even just at least stay in the family. Like, was it that hard? Was the job that hard? Right. Yeah. Imagine being like the kid, their kid and like, oh, well, we did what we thought was right for you to, to separate. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we didn't want you to grow up under this. It's like, fuck you, asshole. Don't make that choice for me. Like I could have been king, yeah. motherfucker. But they're going to be like, oh, but Archie, don't understand. Your mother wanted a voiceover career. So we had you- to leave the family. Interesting question. Do you think once King Charles is dead and Prince William, King William takes over that, uh, uh, that King that Harry will be reinstated into the royal line. I don't think so. I don't think William likes Harry. I Probably not. Pissed. 
I just wonder if like to set some sort of like a progressive precedent for the Royal line, like how, how do you keep up with the times? Like maybe they would uh, do something like that for Megan to like, just to try to stay in, you know, hip with the changing times. I don't know. I could be I think, just giving them yeah. too much credit. If they're going to stay hip, they're going to start a TikTok account or something. They're not right. going to bring them back in. Well, anyways, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, what's going on with the Dante Greco show? What is going on with you, my man? Uh, I got some cool interviews last week at the fight. Uh, I covered that social gloves. Oh, the no Austin McGroom and uh, Austin McGroom thing. Anison Gibb, who knocked him out, by the way, which was yeah, surprising he... to a lot of people. Knocked out Austin McGroom. Not that I give a shit, but British. Yeah, you know. British. He did it for his queen. Sure. That's right. All right. Oh, yeah, well, go check out the Dante it. Greco show. Go check out his interviews. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I've got a solution for the, uh, for the queen's coffin lining up problem. Uh, the, the problem that we're, that we're having really is that it's taking about 30 hours for people to get through it, which is that's just unconscionable. So uh, I think the way that it's running right now is that people are clearing up either side of the coffin um, and they're sort of doing their last respects. This is not efficient. We're giving the, the queen has got a lot more surface area than we're giving her credit for. Uh, we need to get rid of this. So what I'm proposing is that we, we put the queen, we mount the queen to a Kawasaki robotic arm and we bust out all the windows in uh, <laughs> Westminster uh, in the hall and we we move the queen around on the Kawasaki arm so everyone gets a good view of her. Uh, and, and this way, I mean, the, the view, it's going to be quick, but you do get to see it. Uh, this way we can handle about, uh, I think it's 80 mourners per second. So that's pretty good. Um, we can handle the entire country of 67 million people uh, within within about three days. So that's pretty good. That's just in time for the funeral. Let me know what you think. I don't know if it, it's uh, I, if we want to get this off the ground, we're probably going to have to start pretty soon. Welcome back to the front row. So the queen is dead and in the ground, and so is the country of Puerto Rico. And many people online have made sure to remind people of this when uh, American media is just completely covering the queen's funeral in all capacity. Meanwhile, Puerto Rico, who years back uh, was just completely drenched underwater from Hurricane Maria. And you remember that famous image of Donald Trump President Trump showing up, throwing paper towels into the crowd. Well, the hurricane is back, and a lot of meteorologists are saying that this is potentially worse, that this is more damaging and catastrophic. And it's probably true because it's led to the displacement of thousands of people in the country of Puerto Rico. And a lot of people on Twitter are making sure to remind everybody about how American media shows bias to certain things and that these are American citizens who are being displaced who are dying and who are essentially losing their entire livelihoods from a natural disaster that the media just seemingly is not covering right now. Yeah. It's a little weird that the Biden administration isn't taking this as an opportunity to show a clear difference between how they would respond to a tragedy like this and how uh, the Trump administration did, especially when they need to shore up the Latino vote you know, the Latino vote has been leaving the Democratic Party and slowly making its way over to the uh, Republican side. So this would be a moment when they could step in. I mean, maybe they're waiting for Joe to fly back from the Queen's funeral to to make a statement or, or you know, toss some paper towels. But right. 
they should jump on this, you know, just from a political standpoint, if nothing else, which could result in actual help getting to the people, of course, you know. Well, you know, so we are recording this and if by tomorrow things are different, then we you know we apologize. But as of right now, Biden has called the uh, governor of Puerto Rico, which I didn't even know they had governors. I guess they're treated like a U.S. state. I know that they are technically part of the United States. I just wasn't sure what the the political balance is in Puerto Rico. I, I'm not I'm not all that up to date with it. But but so he is calling to showing support. But yeah, we haven't seen a photo up yet of Biden in Puerto Rico. You just do wonder if they're actually going to do that because, you know, anytime Biden goes out of the country or sorry, in the country, but anytime Biden leaves D.C. to go for a photo op, they got to shoot him up on steroids or something to make sure that he's on top of his game. Otherwise, it's just like a PR disaster. So with something like this, they might send Kamala or uh, that's a bad move. People don't like Kamala. If you really send don't. Kamala, they're going to be like, oh, you don't give a shit about Puerto Rico, Joe. Yeah, but I just feel like it's he, he really can't win either way he goes, because if he goes himself, people are going to point out what a fucking disaster he is and how yeah. out of it he is. And if they send Kamala, people are going to say, oh, we don't like Kamala, like you said. So either way, he can't really win in this scenario with his critics. But I agree. It's, it's, it's whether we're going to fund or not. It's too much for him, you know, right after the flight to London, even if you're going on Air Force One, I'm sure it's exhausting, especially for an 80 year old man. And to come back and then have to go to Puerto Rico and do the thing and talk. It's it's a lot. There's only so much they can shoot him up with that won't that'll, you know, before it kills him. So he may have to send Kamala or, or like, you know, this might be a chance for Barack to come in and and do a little bit of a, a favor for his former vice interesting you know, an okay. obama appearance in puerto rico might actually do something you can't send bill clinton anymore because all everyone's going to talk about is the epstein but right bill if, yeah, bill bill flew into puerto rico thinking yeah he, was, he, he, he went to the wrong island he took the lolita um, express to puerto rico <laughs> and he came back um, with more people than he arrived with uh barack should go Sounds like a good plan to me. But either way, uh, many people on Twitter have made a point to point out the uh, media's unwillingness to cover this hurricane in the same capacity that they did during the Trump administration, which I do think is a fair criticism of this media underneath Joe Biden, um, Mm -hmm. because it's been all about the queen uh, the past couple of days. And you literally had like cameras just following this car transporting the body, like you mentioned, for like hours And meanwhile, this is what's going on in Puerto Rico. And we've seen a lot of tweets about this in the past. uh, I'm going to share my screen here uh, in the past 24 hours. But so it's it's not I don't know what it is. I think you're right. There's just like too much going. People are watching the queen. The media, as we know, is so desperate for a big story to hold people's attention for a uh, prolonged period of time. They tried with the Langia virus. Remember, even we talked about it and nothing happened. And they miss Trump. They wish Trump would come back. Like they're dying for something to take the public attention. And they missed, they must have made a calculated decision. Like, no, I I mean, I don't care about a Puerto Rican hurricane. I think that they have their analytics numbers crunchers telling them that talking about the queen is just more lucrative and going to get better ratings than talking about Puerto Rico. But I mean, the people of Puerto Rico desperately need attention on them right now. And 
this is a tweet from Alejandro Caraballo. The entire island of Puerto Rico is without power or potable water. Three plus million U.S. citizens. By the way, U.S. citizens. People do forget that they are a part of the United States. Three million U.S. citizens are facing a massive humanitarian disaster, and the entire U.S. news media is fixated on the funeral of the queen. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm abs I'm fucking sick of seeing this cycle. Years of promisa gutting infrastructure and government services while the federal government withheld Hurricane Maria aid for years or misspent it on political connected grifters, politically gr connected grifters. What the U.S. doing to P Puerto Rico is criminal. Um, hard to disagree with it. Uh, I do think it's slightly unfair because this is a developing story. Whereas like the queen's funeral was going to happen. You, they were going to cover it regardless, right? They were going to cover the queen's funeral. It was like they had sent cameras there. Like if you don't know anything about media like that, those camera guys were sent there. They've paid for these business trips. They've paid for all the live streaming technology to be there so they can, they can, you know, reel it back into the States. However, it's hard to disagree, but we saw tons of tweets like this. I mean, it was like uh, all yeah, over I, Twitter. I don't know. Maybe they. Just, it would have been nice if the Queen's body could have been flown to Puerto Rico to bring some attention sure. to it. Well, yeah, as, a, as a stop on the way. Yeah, Jesus. here's what's going on in Puerto Rico if you haven't seen it. Um, every news. This is a tweet from uh, Joshua Potash. Every U.S. news and network is running the funeral of the Queen of England after 10 days of nonstop coverage of her. Meanwhile, this is the U.S. colony of Puerto Rico. And here's what's going on there. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this simply doesn't happen in U.S. cities. I know. The sad thing is that, you know, Trump is thinking, man, we should have traded it for Greenland as I wanted to do. Then it wouldn't be our problem. <laughs> right it's um, terrible uh the thing is i don't I know i forgot about that what did he say again apparently i was just reading about this that he legitimately wanted to trade puerto rico for greenland like do you just have a do dog like a whining in the background oh can you hear that yeah i just wasn't sure if that was uh anyways <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know I what wasn't... he's doing okay get out of here <laughs> i've never seen your dog <laughs> um He's not the kind of dog that'll let me pick him up. But it's not the kind of dog you want to show on camera. <laughs> I um, can't. I'm not supposed to legally have dogs. Right, no, right. Just... I got you in your building. I see. I see. No, just because of uh, some dark stuff that happened in the past. No. Oh, right. You've been. Uh, you're supposed to stay uh, 300 <laughs> yards away from all uh, from his shelter, shelters, <laughs> and veterinary hospitals. Uh, and just to add some more context to this, here's another video that was shared. Uh, what's going on in Puerto Rico here. Um, this is a helicopter view of Puerto Rico. So you can just see all the roads, all the supermarkets, all these cars, all these people. Um, really just nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. Um, and I mean, this just isn't something that you see in the United States, but I guess the real issue here is that in the, uh, after the wake of Hurricane Marina, Maria, there was an opportunity to sort of 
rebuild the infrastructure of Puerto Rico so that they could be more prepared for flooding. They could be more prepared um, for, for natural disasters like this, similar to how uh, there was all that discussion about when the levees broke during Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, how um, there was so much uh, infrastructure rebuilding. And yeah, uh, it was not done. The funding was completely gutted for Puerto Rico. I mean, it was the opposite of what we should have done. I mean, they was, there was no money uh, dispatched to, to help them rebuild. And this, we always yeah. knew this was just a ticking time bomb to happen again. Well, the other problem with stuff like this is like when the attention does get put on it and people start sending donations, like, is there going to be a follow up to make sure that those donations are going to the people of Puerto Rico? Or is this going to be another Haitian earthquake situation where they ended up building like one house with all the millions of donations to the Red Cross? And like the money was just siphoned away. And, you know, I've seen people I've, got their hands on it. I've seen a lot of tweets about do not send money to the Red Cross to help out in Puerto Rico because it's just not gonna it's not gonna go to where you think it goes and it yeah. just shows how a lot of these uh you know um humanitarian aid programs that are sort of centered through u.s government agency in some way are not helpful that you really just have to go straight to the source and actually give money to the people themselves uh and to, so that they can have some way, sort of personal resources to get out i will say something that people online who are saying oh the media is not paying enough attention to puerto rico you know start to recognize a little bit that the mainstream media doesn't have the same viewership that it used to so like you could actually probably make a bigger difference just talking about it on the internet and trying to get you know hashtags started and and get in t contact with like i don't know podcasters or or big youtubers to talk about it more than cnn talk to yeah. us we'll talk about it we're talking about it right now, free of right. charge. That's right. We're bringing attention to it. We're doing the Lord's work. But seriously, because like what does CNN and all those, the, the stations get like a couple million viewers on their biggest shows. You, it's not the big like slam dunk that some of the virtue signalers think that it is to be like, oh, the mainstream media is just not covering it. Like, who cares? You could you have more power in the mainstream media if you want to to get something started all those people who start social media campaigns to get people fired from their jobs and 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 like kicked out of movies and shit talk about the fucking hurricane asshole put that in, put that energy into helping the victims of hurricane um what god what is it called already i'm wow you wow fucking colonizer fiona jesse fiona. fiona no it's Sorry. really a nightmare that that, that footage is is horrible. it's horrible uh, however, um, you know, it's hard to blame the media, Dante, because, you know, when you see that there's this horrible hurricane going on in Puerto Rico. But I mean, did you hear that there is a spider that crawled across the uh, Queen's coffin? That was that was the top story on Dredge. I mean, how do you and blame them? Big deal. How what do you blame them? Symbolic thing is that. <laughs> right. I mean, it is pretty bad if you think about how much of a deal that they made about that, like it's yes, it's symbolic, but at the same time, it's the fact that we're even talking about that on the news is, Dude, is pretty yeah. pathetic. It's pretty well, pathetic. I mean, the other fact is like, 
if everyone's being honest, even the people complaining that there's not enough coverage, if they're being honest, it's more entertaining to hear about how a spider crawled across the queen's coffin or how you think that Meghan Markle was faking her tears at the funeral than it is to talk about the horrible tragedy of Puerto Rico. Not that it's right, yeah. but if we're being honest, it's like you read about the Puerto Rico thing, but you're not going to sit and read about it for hours. Yeah. Like you will it, queen queen coverage. Although I do think it's true. Like if this was the Trump second term right now, um, and Hurricane uh, Hurricane Fiona was happening. I think we'd be probably the media would probably be talking about the hurricane more. And um, well, you know what? Maybe although Trump probably would have voted for... really nasty about the Queen, that would have gotten the media talking too. So, well, you know what? But, but that's the same thing. Also, it's strange bedfellows. Turns out some of you people needed Trump more than you thought because he his being a lightning rod brought attention to things like this. Well, he was great for comedy, Dante. As the comedians <laughs> love to remind you, he was great for comedy. It, it, by the way, to cap this off, is this planet, or is planet Earth just trying to get rid of us right now? I, I really genuinely wonder because as this is happening in Puerto Rico, we hear about a 7.5 earthquake that hits off the coast of Mexico today. And this is, this is footage from Puerto Vallarta, and take a look at this you never, shit. You never think about an earthquake in Mexico. Right. Which is weird because it's, you know, California and Mexico are connected. This is an earthquake at a, from a, a hotel guest in Puerto Vallarta. Oh, 7.5. Oh, my God. Everything's really flying around. And uh, apparently the, the coast of Mexico has an actual tsunami warning at the moment. Uh, it was supposedly 10 foot tsunami waves, which doesn't sound huge, but that's it's very dangerous. I mean, you could basically wipe out, um, you know, like 30 city blocks with with the 10 foot tsunami oh, wave. Yeah. So uh, just horrifying. And you just I don't know. I, uh, I don't want to get right. I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on right now, Dante. But with the heat waves that we've been getting across uh, the, the continent all around the globe, to be honest, but especially here in California, all up and down the coast, we've had heat waves across the country. And now we have a, a hurricane that's, that's displacing thousands of people. We have a tsunami and an earthquake that's putting an entire country at risk. Um, Jesse, maybe I we're agree. not the best uh, ambassadors of this planet. I, I agree. I think the earth is trying to kill us. And my theory is that, our accelerated development, and particularly the development of technology and artificial intelligence, is the Earth's way of finally taking us out. They've been trying to kill us for a long time, but their natural elements combined can't take us out. They needed to accelerate our development so that we could create the intelligence that would then kill us Terminator style right. and or through nuclear annihilation because that would be in the long run less toxic to the earth than the human species probably long term when you consider InfoWars.com. The, the planet's been around for millions of years it's just that we've been around for like 30,000 years or whatever it is right yeah. so you know whatever the number is um but technology's only been around for like 100 years yeah. So you 
you think about how that's accelerated the decline of this planet. You do wonder. Sorry, I, I just heard something outside of my room, so I, I lost my train of thought for a second. It's it's the Earth is taking its its medicine well, and saying, look, was, we're going to have to do some damage to get rid of this, to cut this cancer out called humanity. It was trying with COVID. COVID was like Mother Nature's recent attempt at, at wiping out a good chunk. It did a good job. It took out about a million Americans. It took out about like two million people around the globe or whatever it is. I forget the numbers exactly. Yeah, it was but a it's just not enough. It doesn't. It didn't create a dent into what it was trying to do. So we are going to see more and more of these natural disasters just wiping out land masses, as, as, if nothing else, but just to you know, clear the air a little bit. Right. So anyways, to the people of Puerto Rico, to the people of Mexico, uh, our thoughts are with you. Thoughts and prayers, guys. Thoughts and prayers. Um, and paper towels. Yeah, and paper towels. Jesse, anyways, we're, what? I, I, I hate to, Oh, go ahead. Do do the no, do the break, sorry. But go for it. We'll, we'll end the segment in a second. No, no, no. I was going to say I have to take a quick break, but... Let's end the Dante, segment. I'm the host quick. of this show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go All ahead. right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about, what is it? We're going to talk about Lord of the Rings and Little Mermaid. Which one do you hate more? And which one is more woke? And which fan base is more racist? We'll be right back. Showing my racist husband the new Little Mermaid trailer. What do you want, Claw? Who's that? Who's that? Oh, come on, Steve. It's Ariel. Yeah, it is. A real shame, because I like that film. Oh, it's not real, Steve. I know it's not real, Linda, because she's swimming. Black and ginger. Just pick a struggle, do you know what I mean? When I was younger, we'd watch Disney. Now, you got to take Disney. You know what I mean? What's next? No, really, what's next? Twerkules? Gallus in Wonderland? Snow mixed race in the seven yardies? What's next? I've not got a problem with the talking crabs. Yeah, that's because I've got cream for them, Linda. Where is he? I think you need help, babe. Linda? I'm a grown man upset over the skin colour of a fictional cartoon mermaid. I'd say that's pretty normal. You know what? I'll be Aladdin next. I can show you the world in my grey Ford Fiesta. Disney's lost its morals and lost its realism. Now let's watch you on about the princess that falls asleep for 100 years and gets woken up by a non-consensual kiss. Welcome back to the front row. In case you've been living under a rock, the internet has been swarming with tons of takes and criticism around the recent release of the Little Mermaid trailer with a black lead actress played by Hallie from the, the singing duo named Chloe and Hallie. And she is, what's her name? Is it Hallie what? Hallie Bailey. Hallie ba Barry? Hallie Barry? Racist. So, Hallie Bailey. Hallie Bailey. Uh, is the starring as Ariel in The Little Mermaid, and it is taking the internet by storm. And we're seeing a lot of crossover and similarities in the criticism that took place with the Lord of the Rings show that has been recently released. Dante, what are your thoughts on this? How are you feeling about it? And just what's your overall take of all this criticism that's going on the internet? I mean, look, um, the what I everyone gets up in arms. First of all, there's been a lot of disgustingly racist stuff online about the Black Little Mermaid, I, and these are from Christian Facebook groups. I don't even know if we want to show that on here, just because I like, have no interest in giving them a platform. Yeah, yeah. but um, that being said, everyone who's like 
up in arms about the race. It's like you're not going to get back. You're not going to get through to those people that are that upset about the Little Mermaid being black because it's not about whether it's a fictional character, you know, whether the character was supposed to be what it's a fish. It's a half fish woman, totally fake character. It could be anything. It could be translucent. You know, who gives a fuck? Uh, I like that they made the Little Mermaid black because I do think at the risk of sounding like a virtue signaling libtard that representation's important. I think it's good for children to just be like, oh, you know, that's cool. I could be a, a fish woman. <laughs> and, and and there's been so many other characters. It is hypocritical. It's hypocritical about from from these people because there are so many characters. As yeah, I'm going to pull a up a picture. Thing. I mean, historically, and I believe if I know the direction you're going here, historically, it's been white people playing people of color yeah. Look throughout the history of cinema and the history of entertainment. You got Johnny Depp playing Tonto, and you got Liam Neeson playing some other comic book. I don't know the names of these characters, but the point oh, that's, is. Uh, so that is from the League of Shadows in Batman Begins. He plays Ra's al Ghul in the League of Shadows in Batman Begins, who is an Arab. Yeah. And then Tilda Swinton is playing a Tibetan man. The uh, ancient one from uh, Doctor Strange. You got Elizabeth Olsen playing. Uh, who is a that? Romanian? Romani? Is that a Romani? Yeah, is... the, she's playing the Scarlet Witch, and then we are being cut off at the bottom here. But that's um, Clo Halle Bailey playing the Little Mermaid. You can see the red hair on the left. So, right. and let's let's not there... forget that this is just this graphic that you're looking at here is only from the past few years. Um, like, if you want to go back the history of cinema, white people did blackface. Black actors weren't even allowed in movies in the early part of the 20th century. So white people would just do blackface. Um, you want to talk about like Lawrence of Arabia. You want to talk about um, Charlton Heston playing Moses in the 10 commandments. You want to talk about so many of these other films. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And in the past three or four years, we've started to see more representation where white characters are being repurposed with actresses and actors of color uh and it's this horribly outrageous thing as if it's not been taking place for the past hundred years in cinema and in tv and filmmaking where there were literally no roles for black people <laughs> like yeah. up until like 20 years ago like, let's be real about it. And I'm surprised to see, you know, at the risk of saying that we're living in a post-racial society, because we certainly are not, the de rigueur bigotry is, uh, has all to do with, you know, groomers and trans people these days. I'm surprised they're not more upset that the Little Mermaid is trans. She turns from a fish into a human woman. Right. And they're missing another hey. even more important point. She's an immigrant who comes to this country right. and she's like a, an, what do they call it? An anchor woman or something. She marries. She, well, she came from under the sea, she came from under which the is sea. its own. You know, they are uh, when you're out in the ocean, you're in uh, what's it called? Uncharted waters. We are international, in um, international waters, international waters. 
So technically, she's an immigrant who, when she gets on land, she's gotten there illegally. She did not sign the proper paperwork. How is that not part of the storyline, Dante? I don't see anything in this movie about her getting in line and waiting to take her citizenship test and doing everything else that, you know, we all had to. So there's a lot to be upset about with this movie. I'm surprised that they just picked that she's black and that's what they're upset about. I mean, I saw, I, I see these like um, reviews on like reaction videos on YouTube and you'll see people talking about it and they're, they're, they always hide under the guise of like, look, I have no problem with uh, black people, you know, being in movies or whatever, or, you know, like getting roles, diversity, but it's uh, the wokeification is the word they like to use wokeification of characters that were white before that are being like repurposed with a black actor or actress. And I don't think that they quite realize that inherently by default, by nature of them talking about it as if it's something that is bad, it's racist (laughs) because you're basically saying that that character who is fictional that is fake that doesn't exist in the real world is not you're not allowed to cast it in any other race so what you're saying is is that you you only want that race to be the race you want it to be that's racist and whether you accept it or not it's racist Especially in a situation like a fantasy character can be anything. There is no rule that a fantasy character has to be a particular race. You know what it is, Jesse? Fans, it's not, well, I, I okay, I can't blame they it all. They claim ownership over intellectual property yeah. as if it belongs to them. They call it toxic fandom, and mm-hmm. it's taking over America. Uh, mm-hmm. Fans of franchises are big racists for the most part. Marvel fans, they're misogynist, racist. I hate using buzzwords like this because it just like people are going to tune me out. They're going to think I'm just uh, another California liberal who's complaining about misogyny and racism. But it's true. Not a woke leftist. You are a you're a Democrat liberal, but you're not a woke type of guy. That's right. I've never known you to be that type of guy. Definitely not. I'm not. I'm not sensitive to your needs, and uh, I'm not uh, uh, PC. But the paranoid incel freaks who make up the large majority of sci-fi and fantasy and comic book fandom are race. They they like when John Boyega is cast as a stormtrooper, they get upset. Uh, Little Mermaid's black, and they're upset. Of course, that also crosses into the Christians for some reason. I, we, who knew that the Little Mermaid was so important to Christians? But this happened uh, with Star Wars, the Obi Wan Kenobi show too. The uh, the actress who played the third sister on the Obi Wan Kenobi show was uh, faced with racist uh, DMs and tweets and things like that. Uh, because Star Wars fans didn't like her portrayal of the show's main villain, I guess. I don't know. And as you alluded to earlier with the Lord of the Rings show, they're upset that there are black elves. So I I, I wanted to get into that because I do think this is all tied into the same thing. Obviously. I mean, that's not exactly a very controversial take 
to say that if you're racist about one show, you're racist about another show, there's crossover there. But in Tolkien's world, it's it's unique here because there were no black characters in Tolkien's world. And Tolkien, in his writing, is considered to be some of like the greatest uh the, the greatest pieces of literature in the history of our planet, right? So there is a lot of protection and gatekeeping of this intellectual property. Um, so I can understand why fans are protective of it from a storytelling standpoint and from, oh, is it, is it like the written word on the page itself? Um, the thing about this is, is that, if the story itself is being true and all you're doing is casting a black actor to, to bring diversity, what you're saying is, is that I don't want to see a black person on screen for any of this because, oh, because in a book that was written, that's not real that I care about. It's very important to me that there are no black people on the screen rather than it being a good work of art or rather than it being a good form of storytelling to honor Tolkien. Do you guys realize that in the Lord of the Rings movies, the Peter Jackson movies, the only black characters were the bad guys. They were the orcs. They were black men dressed up in makeup playing mongoloid monsters. So that's what you want in Lord of the Rings. You only want black people to have those characters. It's you may I understand that you want your the things that you love to be pure. But when you evolve as a society, you have to realize that that book was written from the perspective of a white man in the time of like the Nazis and at a time of uh, like where purification of, of race was at the like forefront of political discourse. That if you're just trying to you want to go back to that you're being a racist. Like you're just saying that like, they can't be a part of it. Black people, you're not allowed to be a part of this with me unless right. you play the bad guy. And right. So I get it. You don't want to have things look different than how you fell in love with it, but you're not, you're basically, you're isolating entire race people from enjoying that thing that you love. How I are they? How's a black person supposed to enjoy Lord of the Rings if they can't even see themselves in it? Um, so, yeah. Wait. So, did Peter Jackson was that his choice to make the bad people black? No, it wasn't by choice, but it was. Um, there were no black characters in Tolkien's world. So, I mean, he it was a very accurate interpretation of the films. Um, it just well, so happened that the only black actors in the Lord of the Rings films uh, were the orcs. They were black black actors that were dressed up in makeup and were playing all the, uh, the monstrous, disgusting orcs. And it's like, I understand that you don't want this thing to be um, uh, taken away from you because it's, it's not how you fell in love with it. But what you're basically saying is, is that like, how is like, I just, how is a black person supposed to love Lord of the Rings uh, as a film? If you're like you can read the book and interpret that it's going to be a bunch of white characters, but if you're going to you're going to put it on screen, it like how how are you supposed to bring in Amazon has invested like five hundred million dollars into this show? How are you supposed to bring in a widespread audience if it's only uh, attractive to one race of people? 
Yeah, just it's bad business for them to to not have any black people or any Hispanic people on the show. Well, it's just weird because I noticed that in the Beatles Get Back documentary that Peter Jackson made, the Yoko Ono character was black. And in real life, she's Japanese. Right. It's a great point. He loves black villains. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, to get, no, to get it's into ca- it. And, 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 you know, it's also just annoying, too, when people complain about something that has already been made. Like, you can't even say, oh, this is the first time they're making it. They should stay true to the source material. Like, no, they made already. We have like 20 hours of Lord of the Rings films already. Yeah. And and also we have an entire white animated Little Mermaid and a Little Mermaid animated have- TV show in the 90s. You have had your white Little Mermaid. Let someone yeah. give someone else a chance. You've had three Lord of the Rings movies that are basically 10 hours, 11 hours worth of footage. You have three Hobbit movies, which are nine hours worth of footage. You have all the cartoons. You have the video games. You have one show where the lead character is white, by the way. The lead character is white in Galadriel. The character, woman, the Morphis or, or something is her name. Her, the actress's name is literally like Morphid is her name. It's, a, it's like a very Lord of the Rings name. Um, but she's white and she's the lead character of the show. Um, but I've noticed that this show was sort of doomed from the start. And I think this is going to happen with Little Mermaid, where people are so outraged by uh, this sort of like wokeification of this intellectual property that, like you said about toxic fandom, fans love to claim ownership over this stuff as if it's their own, as if they created it because they love it by nature. They created it. They made it what it is. Um, where in Lord of the Rings show, now the reviews of the show by like high profile outlets like Forbes are shitting all over it, saying that it's like terribly written. And I've watched the show. I mean, obviously, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? It's not my opinion, it doesn't outweigh that of the guy that wrote it for uh, an opinion piece for Forbes. But I do think it's bled over a little bit into uh, the overall perception of the show. And I don't think people realize that they do it where there was this article uh, written by this um, Forbes guy. Hold on. I've got it right here. The Rings of Power has inexplicably terrible writing. Um, I've come to a sad realization. The creators of Amazon's Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, know how to create spectacle, but they don't know how to tell a good story. There it is, a scrawled in blood on the wall. The writers and showrunners responsible for the show could have won me over with good fan fiction. They could have tossed Tolkien's lore onto a bonfire, and I'd have been perfectly happy if they'd simply crafted an enjoyable story with characters I care about. Unfortunately, Rings of Power is written so poorly it defies even my worst fears. Oh, yes, I was awed and impressed by the opening two episodes, just like many others. But my, how quickly a badly written TV series can wear out its welcome once its shimmer fades. Um, I understand that everybody has an opinion on how things are written and how things are told. But I genuinely believe this was going to happen, whether it was good or not. Because I've watched the show. It's not the best show ever. But it's certainly not a terribly written show. It's just not. If you watch it, it's not a terribly constructed show. It's a complex show that requires a lot of moving parts. And sometimes it's going to fall a little flat. But 
I don't believe that people write that unless they know that it's going to be received in, in, a, in a positive way amongst people on the internet. Because there are so much worse shit out there, Dante. You go on television, the amount of garbage there is, it, there's so much bad shit that this is the show that you want to say, that you want to read an article about is terrible. I, I'm just happy it exists, to be honest, as a Lord of the Rings fan. I'm happy it, it's, it exists because they really put their hard work and, and, and effort into it. I, I don't get it. I do not get the, the the criticism and the anger towards it. It makes no sense to me. It just feels like it's coming from a place of anger and backlash to wokeism. Right. Well, I mean, that's what everyone has been worried about. Everyone who believed in the true initial intentions of wokeism, you know, eventually it's like with everything. It gets hijacked. It gets used for ridiculous over the top shit, and then everyone, even the people who would be your supporters, gets worn out, and it's just like you know what, fuck, we don't want to hear it. We don't care anymore. You know, it's the backlash, the backlash to the backlash. That's what's gonna happen to Little Mermaid. That movie doesn't stand yeah. a chance. People are gonna hate it no matter what. They better be prepared to just have uh, just for the fact that it's probably going to suck like if it's anything like that piece of shit lion king that came out a couple years ago soulless movie that's way more offensive than anything that could happen with like casting black actors in white roles that's way more offensive to what they did with that lion king movie and just how incredibly soulless it was and it was just basically remember that movie psycho the uh the remake that gus van sant did of the vince vaughn yeah, it was just like a shot-by-shot shot remake. It was one of the most unnecessary movies ever. At least in The Little Mermaid, they're trying something different. Yeah, that's how I feel about Clint Eastwood movies as of late, by the way, just as an aside. You know, when he makes Captain Sully or when he makes... Um, oh, yeah. What's, what's the one about the guys on the train where they fight off the uh, oh, Muslim yeah, hijackers? Oh, yeah, about the... Uh... It's like f- he's not he's not telling us anything new. He's just recreating the story. And you wonder what the what was the point of making that? I don't think Clint Eastwood is all uh, is all there anymore, to be perfectly honest. Now we're being ageist. Like they're, we- they're well made. But you come out yeah. thinking, well, I knew the story. You didn't tell me anything new. Right. It's not a unique version of events that's like oh wow i didn't know that it's literally that just goes it's like i uh i think that's something in hollywood that's happening a lot lately is they are so out of ideas that they think that telling a a a story that we've heard of just because it did well in the news cycle um that it's going to have the same impact on us in the artistic cycle and just I don't know. People don't want to see the news played back to them, you know, through like Hollywood's eyes. I think Holly, I think a lot of this is just how Hollywood is perceived. I do think some of it is how Amazon is perceived. A lot of people don't like Amazon. So when Amazon puts $500 million on, you know, Jeff Bezos literally is Lord Sauron. It's like, it's like the movie itself is being funded by the enemy. Right. But man, I could I could point out so many different things that I that I would never watch over this. I'm actually watching it and I'm enjoying it. Is it great? No, it's not great. But is it terrible? Is it worth think pieces about how awful it is? No, it's not. Most it, 
it's fine. Most television and film is not worth a think piece. We need to move away from think piece culture and yeah. just get back to like, was it what I expected? That's my new way of judging movies. I see a preview for a movie. I go in there. Did it give me what I was hoping it was going to be? Yes. Does it need to change my life? No. If it happens right. to, that's great. But I, we can't judge movies by th there's just too much other media out there for a film and TV show to be expected to have that kind of power. Uh, y it's too much. Y you're putting too much responsibility on these filmmakers. They're just trying to make a, an entertaining piece of work for you. Stop with the think pieces. And you know how I know so much of it is rooted in like predisposed, like preconceived notions is that these think pieces are written four episodes into a show that is going to span six or seven seasons. It's like they've already made up their mind about this shit. Yeah. As you said, they're hoping they 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 want Jeff Bezos to have blown a billion dollars on a, exactly. on a show that sucked. Um well, speaking of woke backlash and uh you know how things go overboard, we got a story to tell you. Coming up on TMZ Live right after this. <laughs> yeah. If you're a fan of uh, American uh, of the Canadian education system, you're going to want to stick around for this one. Welcome back to the Front Row Podcast. So, as we said, there's a uh, situation going on north of the border here that is just beyond beyond defense, in my esteemed opinion, Jesse. Uh, there is a trans woman, which okay. we support, right? Of course. You support that? We have no 100%. issue. Live, be who you want to be. We'll call you what you want to be called, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, so far so good. I'm on board. So far so good. Wait till I'm you bored. see this. The internet is up in arms about it, and we have to cover this on the front row. We just have to legally. Let me let me pull up. I got to see this here. one. Okay, so yeah, so people can see this, so they don't think that we're being assholes. Um. Ontario high school teacher. High school. Wow. So look at those, first of all. Are those real? No, Jesse. They're not. <laughs> you tell me are, those aren't real. They are fake. Uh, this is 
What's her name? I just had it. Oh, her Lemieux. name. Her last name is Lemieux. Lemieux. This is what happened to Mario Lemieux, the hockey player. Oh no! He's teaching high school with massive. I think fake it was uh, like Claudia. No, it was. That's uh, yeah, an article. Shoot, it was here. Anyways, this is Lemieux. We'll just call her Lemieux. Mrs. Le- Kayla Lemieux. Kayla Lemieux. Okay, yeah. so here's the rundown. She was a uh, born male, transitioned to female. Okay. okay, we're on board so far. Yeah, Somewhere along the line, Lemieux decided that she needed tits. Now, here's my issue. It's fine. You want some tits? You know, you're transitioned. You're a woman. That's fine. If You know, women who are born as women also get fake tits. It's no big deal. My issue is she premeditated this. She did not stop at like, oh, let me get some double Ds. No, she went to, I don't know, what is that, like a 50 triple G? Who knows what it is? It's comically large tits that also have permanent hard nipples. Permanent. Right. I, 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 I see those. If I look close enough, I can see the uh, nipples. Yeah. The shirt. Yeah. And, and, and the and the biggest issue is she's teaching shop class. That's dangerous. Well, Watch this video. Look at that buzz saw. Can you, can you full screen it? Yes. Look at that. Oh, my God. That buzz saw is way too close to those whoppers. Yeah. That is that is very dangerous. Like that that would be horrifying. I know they're fake, but it still would be traumatizing to see those things get caught up in the buzz saw. I almost feel like a balloon is going to pop or something. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Jesse. Yeah. It's the least safe class to have that kind of bust. Um, you know, imagine if like a student is asking her for help, but she just whips around real quick and, and, uh, you know, kid cuts his hand off by accident because the big fake tits hit him in the wrist. It's so, really unsafe. And it's, I, I don't know what this has to do with empowerment or, or gender equality or anything like that. Right. I mean, is it, can we say that? No. Can somebody does, step in and say that? I don't want to be, uh, problematic or disrespectful here because live your truth. If this is what you want to do, that's fine. I do think, though, that the classroom um, is a place where the teacher cannot be a distraction for the work for, for the students, right? And this does feel um, like those are not your real breasts, right? So that does feel like what re- other reason would you do this other than for attention to yourself, yeah. So if you're doing trying to draw attention to yourself, then you're making it about yourself. Whereas when you're a teacher, it's not about making it about yourself. It's about making it about the kids. So you have to you're almost um, like how at TMZ, when we would work there, all of our articles, you would not get credit for the article. The camera guy would not get credit on the video. It would just be TMZ obtained this footage or we spoke T- to so-and-so right. or we wrote TMZ reports, right? T- TMZ you're part all of the staff. You're yeah. All staff. You're part of the machine because that's what makes good journalism. When there is no credit to the writer. Now you could argue about that, but it takes away the attention from the agenda of the writer. You're just trying to be neutral. 
this is the opposite of neutral. However, I will say this. Maybe it actually draws attention to the teacher so that the kids are listening. Maybe it's genius, Dante. Maybe the kids are listening more than they ever did because what more of an attention grabber do you need than these attention grabbers? Yeah, see, it's possible. I think you're giving this a very kind uh, reading of the situation Thank because you. if you're paying more attention, you're, you're still not paying attention to the lesson plan. You're looking, right. you're hypnotized by those gigantic beach ball tits. But we also don't know the context of this classroom. Like maybe this was a ploy by the teacher because she was she she was out of uh, ideas about how to get the attention of these young minds that she's trying to mold. And she's like, you know what? I need to uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. You know, sometimes all kids, some kids, you know, they need different uh, methods of teaching. So Isn't maybe this was just her. Maybe there's a context to this. And these kids needed this to uh to get their minds moving a little bit yeah i i mean possibly i if i were a parent i would say let's try something else you know maybe can we get some <laughs> ipads for these kids something else of course the school is defending this as um you know her choice and all that and and, and that's what really bugs me if you are someone in the lgbtq community you really should have to should, should be thinking like, is this person a plant to make us all look crazy? Like, did Ron DeSantis send this woman to teach at a school? Because it's nuts. This isn't a gender equality issue. It's just not. No one out there looks like that. Those are yeah. not. It's too for especially in a school. Like, are we really that far gone that we can't say, "Hey, we would prefer if our teachers didn't have comically oversized." And again, this is not how this is not like her natural breast size. This is someone who went to CVS, picked up two beach balls, and maybe that's what the hard <laughs> nipples are. It's like the the little the blowing part where you blow the beach ball up. That's what's sticking out, and she stuck them under her shirt and came to class one day. For attention, it's narcissism through the effing roof here. There's no other explanation. And I don't think that you need to defend this. If you're someone who cares about trans rights or if you're in that community, you know, we don't have to defend every single individual person's neurotic behavior. I don't know if that's neurotic, but it's it's narcissistic. No, it is. It is a bit self. Uh, it's a self-involved choice, and I, I'm interested to see the uh, the test results of these kids because I don't want to draw a uh, a full conclusion about it until I see what level of uh, education and uh, you know embracing of the curriculum is taking place in this class because if these kids are all failing and not doing well because of this then i have a problem but if they're doing okay i guess i can live with it however i can understand why a parent would be upset about this it's 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 hard not to look at it and think yeah that's a that's a bit much i would have a problem with this if like a guy who got like uh, some sort of like steroid, uh, you know, injections shows up to like PE class, like with like giant muscles, you know, and uh, like in his, in his like teaching our kids about sports. 
right? I, I might right. have a problem about that because you're not giving an accurate assessment of how uh, kids are supposed to learn about like physical health, right? Yeah. I mean, look, you made a good point. If it turns out that these kids just test through the roof and, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're just like getting the best grades, then maybe it should be considered for the rest of the faculty. However, in a more serious uh, point, and by the way, let's be clear. I know that this does this really affect you or I or anyone outside of this school? No. It's just annoying. Because it's an attention thing. And think about if a teacher showed up to class one day with a big fake dick, just, you know, hard the entire day. Is that okay? Like, wh right. where do we draw the line? I think we draw the line at fake dicks. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start. <laughs> a good place to stop. But, I, I mean, again, live your life the way you want. But if it is a problem where the kids are having trouble paying attention, that's where I have an issue with it. If it's not affecting these kids and their ability, if she's a good teacher, so be it. Um, just maybe like, don't get the nipples poking through the shirt. You know, that's like a little, that's going to make kids stare. Like, it just, just is. Six-year-old boys looking at uh, looking at yeah, that. Exactly, you're confused. It's, like, it's intentional. Yeah, I just wear it on the weekends. It's like, you know, every day can't be casual Friday. Keep the tits at home. Wear it on it's Saturday very and Sunday. It's very overly casual. Um, and I hope she's like stretching. You know, that's got to be hard on her back if those are heavy. So. Right. Right. I'd love to know how much those things cost. Oh, I'm guessing it's that that looks like at the bottom end of the spectrum of boob jobs, if I'm being honest. Well, no, so. that's not even this is the thing. They're not even it's not even a boob job. It's like a prosthetic. Oh, like, I thought you tip. said it was like an implant. No, 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 no. It's it's. A, oh, well, that's a, way worse then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's OK. A prosthetic bust. Well, that's not OK. Yeah, because then you're just intentionally bringing it. Whereas, like, if she just wanted that in her real day to day life, and there's nothing you can do, you have to show up to work with that. Yeah, but you're showing up to work with something. Yeah, that's a little different. That's like, a little dude, different. Take off the Halloween costume. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. 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 Um. <laughs> anyways, well, the tits. I mean, just the tits. Everything today was a little different. Stay. This was our first uh, new format that we're doing with. Uh, sort of preconceived breaks prescribed uh segments that we're going to do however i think it went swimmingly i think we had a good little first try other than you uh having to go pick up your stepdaughter you know and we right. I, everything went okay if i may say so um what's up with you dante what is up with the dante greco show what are you doing this week we're continuing to make groundbreaking content uh on a weekly basis on this show who knows what could happen next? You know, last week it was all about the social gloves boxing. This week it could be about, uh, you know, some D-list red carpet. Who knows? Well, it is Monday. So this week so far it's about the teacher wearing fake tits to her Canadian yeah. classroom. So We're doing wall-to-wall -wall coverage about that specific story on my channel. So there you go. A, a preview. 
Well, if you guys want to see more of Dante's content, go to the Dante Greco show. If you want to see more of mine, just hit subscribe and stay here. I don't even make content anymore, guys. This is my content. I am uh, producing content at Inside Fighting, and I am producing the Front Row podcast here on the Front Row channel. So right. if you want to go see more MMA stuff, go to Inside Fighting. This is a plug for our good friend Andrew and his YouTube channel. Uh, where it's all MMA all the time and boxing and things like that, inside fighting. Uh, otherwise, stay here and subscribe and check out more. You can see more of our podcasts, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing this format going forward. So I hope you guys liked it. And, and uh, you make know what? sure you subscribe and follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Oh, we have a Facebook group now. Dante created a Facebook group, which we have done nothing to. But if you're on Facebook, go subscribe to the Front Row Podcast on Facebook. And, you know, just to prove what good people we are, why don't you assholes go send some more money to Puerto Rico, okay? Exactly. Get in fact, there. in the description of this video, I'm going to put a link to uh, the best organization I can find to help fund for Puerto Rico relief efforts and maybe even Mexico, too, depending on how that situation unfolds over the next couple of days. But and other that, than that... That link is my Venmo. Right, correct. Correct. I'll fly the money there uh, personally. Thank you guys so much, as always, for watching the Front Row Podcast. Uh, we will see you next time. We love you. We're here for you. Go fuck yourself. That's right. <laughs>